Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for taking a seat at the table. Tonight we are talking about friendships after having children, how that changes over time, what it looks like for us now. Tonight I have Rachel. Hey. Jamie. Hello. Jen. Hi. Kim. Hello. And myself, Tabitha. Tonight we are going to start out with Rachel Flanagan, who's going to talk about friendships. Holy moly. Friendships are another, like, these have been some relationships we're talking about. Like it's, it's big stuff. I am, uh, I think I've mentioned recently that we are like two years or three years into acknowledging that we are a special needs family. And I'll say, or like, you know, go back to the last week where I think I mentioned our stress response has been a lot of withdrawal. And I think it's natural when some isolation comes into play in lives like ours. For us, it's been no different. We really have been lucky in having some long friendships, Billy and I together. We often have found friendships at work. I think we just sort of dove right in to our career paths for so long. And those relationships, like though you take a couple with you, when you leave a job, it's not like you've got 20 people still in your life from this company and 30 people in your life from this company. It just sort of like filters out over time, I feel like. So we've got these longstanding friendships and we've still got those, but man, our job is so many hours and it consumes so much effort and it just doesn't leave a lot of energy left. And honestly, like for us in particular, our hard has been hard and getting more difficult. Like even if we build coping skills, it's still hard getting harder. And I know that this is my own look at it or through my own lens, but gosh, if I was listening to a friend say, this is difficult, this is difficult. I'd find it hard to respond appropriately. Like not knowing their life or their, that struggle. And every time you work hard to fill in how your life is, people just sort of like give eyeballs and like blinking, like, oh, it's hard to share the short story and be relatable. So I end up asking a lot of questions and it's super fun for me to get lost in somebody else's life. And I sort of have to do that in doses too, because I think it's easy to have not like resentment grow, but it's hard to listen to my friend's two-year-old daughter do things quickly at first ask that I've been begging my kid to do for 13 weeks or 13 minutes or resulted in catastrophe 10 minutes ago. So I often apologize to the people that are in my French group outside of her prior to this life. You know, it's like, Hey girl, I still love you so much. I think of you often have no time to call. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> was hoping I'd get your voicemail. So if anybody starts chasing me or you hear running, just hang up. Yeah, just hang up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to friend. Yeah. What about you, Jen? Yeah. Um, I think I think when you become a mom in general, I think your social life changes whether you have a special needs child or not. And I think when you add that layer to it, like Rachel said, the isolation. I know with with myself, I've got some fantastic friends that have you know, quietly hung out in the background and have been there and are great to go to lunch with. And I'm very comfortable with them. Um, But over time, as 
Kaya got a little older and things became different and it was apparent that it wasn't easy to go to a birthday party, not because we didn't want to, because we literally couldn't go. You know, I, I've written about it over time, the phone rang less and then it stopped ringing altogether. And the comments were like, well, I didn't invite you because I knew you wouldn't come anyway. Then I have to turn on my Facebook and see a birthday party. You know what I mean? Yeah. So also what Rachel said about the resentment, but for me, I did have that resentment, but it, it, it festered in jealousy for me. For that exact reason, I see a neurotypical little girl and I think of all the things that I thought my daughter would be and do. Yeah. And I find that very hard. And I, over time, friendships did go away. I mean, they just did. And some very long-term friendships went away. I always felt like it seemed to be this competition, which is so bizarre to say, but I would feel instead of about driving your kid to soccer and dance all weekend, I spent my weekend driving my daughter to therapy. So if you want to have a pissing contest on who had a weekend, let's yeah. not go down that road. And so I found that I did find that with people. And so over time for me, it used to bother me. Now I just don't have any cares to give to anybody anymore. You know, for the friendships I've lost, I've met amazing women along the way. And like I said, I've got a, a handful of friends that we can go for lunch with and hang out with. My longtime best friend that was there when I had Kaya, I see her maybe once a year, but I could call her at any given time and, you know, she picks me up and I'm on the floor. So I think relationships change naturally, but I know for myself, with my daughter having autism, uh, my relationships have gravely changed and also who I choose to have around us now. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And a, and a lot of that is did come from jealousy. Really, I'm honest about it. It, it yeah. ate me alive. Yeah. It ate me alive. Couldn't handle it. I didn't want to sit at lunch and hear about your daughter. And not because I didn't wasn't happy for your child, but it just made me so sad. Painful. So sad. Painful that I didn't want to go for yeah. lunch anymore because I don't want you to ask me in that, oh, how's Kaya? How are you? I want to punch that you in pity. the face. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's yeah. how I am. I want to punch yeah. you in the face. I love you, but I want to punch you in the face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, I've grown a lot over the last few years and yeah. I am trying to rebuild relationships that I know I personally was the one that pulled back and had a kind of the problem with it, you know? So I'm trying to mend those relationships and some are gone and it just is what it is. But I have four new. It's hard though to like Gosh. look like I wasn't coming from a place of jealousy. I would go to a thing. Oh, I, I wanted to be that mom. I wanted to like go with Celie and bring her to the things, but I couldn't be present with the person I was supposed to be meeting because I'm watching my kid flutterbug around and or you become the sideshow. Like she, Which, right? Yeah. I mean, then everyone's watching you, I, and you're at someone else's birthday party, and your kid is the spectacle, and it's a very fine line of inclusion and also disruption. I, it's also, I'm very considerate of the other people. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like you, Rach, you're running around. What fun is that? It's not fun for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> I think for me, I don't know. I was getting a little bit emotional when you were talking, Jen, <laughs> just because it hits in this space. Like for me, I have a very close knit group of friends that I've been friends with since high school. Girlfriends, we've traveled together. They've been a huge part of my life. Their parents are part of the reason why I am a success today. They invested in me. We had those conversations where their token lines changed my life forever. With them is the place where I find myself again if I'm feeling lost. It's easy. They know me. 
we've grown up together. They're far away, which is really, really hard, especially right now. And I think as with most people in my life, I'm pretty terrible at saying I'm really struggling to a place where I need someone to come in and be the light for me, you know, or help. Yeah, emotionally. But a lot of those friends can ask the right questions to get that out of me. This group of friends, they bought me my wedding dress. My best friend flew down here when both of my children were born. My son in an emergency, she was here. You know, so the foundation of my friendships with them hasn't changed for me because they are just there rooting me on and trying to learn and wanting to understand and loving my kids as much as I love their kids. It's hard to explain to people our life. We talk about that all the time. You can't tell every single detail until someone's there in your space watching it. So I think that portion of it has been hard for me because I often I don't have the energy to really like dig deep into the hard and to dig deep into like this is what's going on right now or why I'm feeling this pain. So I have to muster the energy. And a lot of times those calls are hour, hour and a half long of just like laying it out on the table <laughs> and yeah. in a good way. I mean, it really helps me feel better and, and brings me to a place where I can find myself. But I have found like, I had a lot of trouble with building mom relationships period, yes. because, you know, we couldn't go to the library music class and we couldn't go to the swim lessons the way that everyone else does or sports or the baby classes were probably a little bit better but you know it's I, I had a hard time making mom friends in the beginning and especially when I had Nora and Nixon so it felt very lonely I think at that time for me and friends come and go you know I have a lot of people in Phoenix that are my friends that, you know, we've been here 10 years now and I went to law school here and I built fantastic relationships. My old law partner was from law school, but they're all professionals, you know, so there's not time. Like it's always in a window generally of time, like here's two hours space or whatever. We do have a couple really close friends, one friend specifically who lives here, Natalie, who helps us, loves our kids, helps us with our kids all the time. She comes over to watch our kids and just spoils them. (laughs) She kept Nixon for five days when we had Nora, you know, overnight, like just fantastic. I don't know what we would do without her here. So I think we have a lot of people who are trying to learn. Mainly my friendship, I think are hard for me because I am fried with being able to explain the emotions of everything. And so then I kind of detach or like go silent for a while. I don't think you can, Tabs. Like, and I, I think unless, and I've said this, unless you actually have this life, yeah. I don't even think you can explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Like and the just true. Emotions yeah. And the emotions of diagnosis and the emotions of developmental preschool and therapy and working and the late night worry and, you know, not being able to Forever. sleep. Yeah. That you're just Forever. worrying about whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think too, sometimes people mean well when they say things to you and at the time depending on how you're feeling it comes off as like an attack not because of them but because of how you are processing things in the moment and you just cannot take that thing you know like everything's going to be okay or you're a great mom those things are great to hear but sometimes you don't feel that way 
you know, and it's like, I can't hear that right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. thank you so much. I love you, but I just can't hear that right now. So it is a very interesting dynamic, I think, to keep relationships, especially newer ones. You know, I think ones that you've had over a long period of time, at least for me, are easier for me to maintain because they know who I am and they know that it's not about them and they don't take it personally, you know, which is helpful. I think that's kind of my, my space, <laughs> you know, what about you, Jamie? Thinking about friends. I think about how you have like different sets of friends. Yeah. Like when we had our baby, we had our mutual friends, our first baby, Jesse, which were all pretty much from college. We were the first to kind of have kids out of that group. I think I talked about in the last episode and before how I just kind of thought we'd have a baby and bring the baby along with us. And I remember mm. doing that like once or twice. I actually remember going to a sushi restaurant with Jesse when he was like one and a half and he like surprisingly did okay. And like I, those moments stick out so well, cause I thought we'd be doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't, I felt guilty. Like I felt like when we stopped talking as much and coming around and checking on everyone as much, and we did graduate school in this time. So people like went off in different directions, but some were still local. And they probably think that we've like moved on and we're like hanging out with other parents and our kids are playing together. And it's like, no, that's not happening. Like I'm alone in a room crying, like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And very recently we've like started hanging out with some of them. I say that I think we've like once the last two years, we've had like a little barbecue. Some of them stopped by for Amelie's birthday party that we recently had, which was so nice. They're still single dudes, like living the life. <laughs> the princess um, Hello, did I hear like... single dudes? Did I just hear single? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them your number, Jen. Thanks, Jim. The, the... Appreciate it. like tabs I have two really good friends from high school that we've always been friends and we always like check in you know every so often like once a year or something and it's like back to old times like we can talk about stuff we can catch about old people we can talk about new stuff and we all kind of started having babies around the same time so I still actually talk to those two a lot we Marco Polo back and forth a lot which is nice but it's running into that same thing you guys were talking about like the jealousy the oh, my kid can't do that. I mean, even recently they were talking about having their kids in all these programs and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. You know? And it just, I don't know. It's sucks in some ways, but now I have Amelie who's more typical. And I even see things that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why you don't understand. I'm learning more why people don't get what I'm saying, because literally I can tell her to say something and she just says it. Like, or I could be like, don't do that. And she stops. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. like totally different worlds. I'm like, oh, this is why they don't get it. Their kid isn't trying to run into the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their kid might chase a ball that's going in the street, but their kid's not purposely trained on the street. So having a typical child has helped me understand that more, but it's still hard because it's so different and you can't really describe why. A lot of my relationships that work now are over the internet. Like you ladies. My friends who I do talk over Marco Polo with, and I think as a mom in general, it's hard to fit in friendships, but it's just easier when it's like, okay, pop on this group call if you can, or with my other friends, like I'll send you a video message. You reply with yours when you have time to do so. Having like a close active relationship is not really happening in my life right now. I don't get to go out a lot, go on friendship dates, you know, it's just how it is. And the idea of making new mom friends is just funny. I think now it's easier. And now that I've met ladies like you who are 
special needs moms, we can relate on a different level. And it's something I don't have to work as hard for, but definitely, you know, when all the other moms were meeting up in the preschool drop-off line, there was no way. I was holding on to my kid, trying to patiently make him wait. And then I got to the point where I just waited in my car until right before, and then I would drop him off. Playdates never could happen. I had a, a friend of my sister, but she had kids around the same time. And she would invite me and Jesse out. She'd be like, let's go to the museum. We both have museum passes. And it's like, I take him to the museum, but it's really hard for me to go with someone else. Because the whole time I'm explaining, I'm not going to be able to chit chat with you and hang out with you. I'm going to be holding on to my kid. And if we have to go, we have to go. Like something might go wrong and we just leave. And that it was just always harder. I, I can't have that friendship element of the momming when we're together because I have to be all over my kid. It's just hard. And there's nothing you can really do about it on either side. And I think when you have kids in general, it changes who you are. Yes your priorities change. And like Rachel mm-hmm. was talking about, it's hard having like for us having a lot of single friends or friends without kids. It's not like they just don't get it. They understand, but it's like, I do care, but I have so much going on with my own kid that I care about more. And I know that sounds like a holeish, but this is my life. Like this is my priority. And it takes, I a- also think that there's like, it's a difference of, I mean, maybe mom's momming like general typical momming is like this, but gosh, I've been on this quest to learn how to help my daughter this whole time. Mm-hmm. I've been having every conversation with my husband is about it. Every conversation with my daughter's teacher is about it. Like we have more relationships with doctors and then we do dates with my siblings or anything like, so when something consumes you, it's really hard to be relatable. Like you talk to a doctor more. (laughs) My friend that was with me when I had Kaya was also with me when she was diagnosed. So we've gone through some pivotal friendship, life moving moments, but yeah, you know, and like Jamie said, the moms, I, you know, I tried to do the mom thing in kindergarten. And as it just got more and more apparent that my kid was different, I had nothing to talk to with, I had nothing to talk to those moms about in the morning. And I found myself, one of them say tired, right. Right. So you want to just claw that lady out but like it really literally felt like I was standing outside the circle all of a sudden does that make sense yeah like I wasn't in the the mom circle anymore I was I was on the outside in general when there's a group of friends and there's someone on the outside people usually judge that person on the outside and you just don't like I remember Jesse we tried to put him in soccer like a soccer practice thing and all the parents just sat on the side and I'm like in there oh, with them. and I know they probably think I'm a helicopter parent they're probably like what's with this kid why is this mom like physically going in there and redirecting him all the time <laughs> because he doesn't get it he would rather just stare out at that field watch this yeah and I left crying every day because I felt so left out and so like judged you know it's it just sucks yeah. and it's hard and and that's the thing too like you guys were talking about a little bit earlier it's like it's not that I'm just jealous or I can't be around you because your kid is typical and mine's not. I literally can't do it. I'm exhausted and I can't bring my kid there and I can't take everyone staring at me. And it's just, it's just too much. Too much. What about you, Kimmy? So I don't know, like it's weird for me because we started out so young. So we were already taking a different path yeah. and our friends because we were you know I was a parent at 17 
and even though we did know other young people that had children, those people's moms were taking care of their kids. You know what I mean? More or less. And we didn't want to do that. We wanted to take care of our kids ourselves. And, you know, we are from the city. There was like a lot of drinking and a lot of partying and a lot of that type of stuff that everybody was doing. And we were like, just, we were veering away from that. You know, I had already veered away from that when I was pregnant. You know, I was just trying to finish school and, and my husband was working and we end up trying to save her a house and it, we just kind of it was like he was my friend I know that sounds weird but like in his sister I was really close to his it sister she was like my know. friend and then like his mom was my friend I got the what you would get from your friends from other people that were more kind of in our family than outside mm-hmm. of our family it's not like I didn't have friends but it's just it was so different and then we moved away we bought a house but we were working he was working two jobs. I was going to school and working. We had my son and then we had my daughter. So, I mean, there really wasn't any time to like, you know, if we were to do something, we might like go to dinner, go to the movies with just me and him. Like, and we just weren't interested in what our friends were interested in anymore. Like we just became different people. And um, we moved to the suburbs, which if you grew up in the city, like, I mean, it might as well have been a hundred miles away because it's so when you live in the city like everything is so centered around that like everything is it's so different you know even going a few towns away seems weird when you're like a city kid so we were kind of far away and um I did have a couple of friends that I would talk to but I had one kind of good friend that got really upset when I couldn't come to like a function that was important to her but I just couldn't do it I had Alyssa she was a nightmare I hate to say it but it's true like I couldn't it, it was in a function hall. It was far away. There was just no way I could do it. It wasn't that I didn't want to, you know, but I just, I couldn't do it. No, we didn't have a falling out or anything, but we, it was just like, then that, that, that thing was there. And it's like the same thing, like, you know, just the typical things were just so hard to do. And then everything in this life takes so much out of you. You yeah. have nothing left to give, you know, you yeah. have nothing left to give. And I can't just run out and go get coffee when, you know, when the kids get on the bus, some of the moms would do that or, run over someone's house for a glass of wine like our life's just not built that way the way it was for us is my husband was gone a lot because I had to be home I had to be home with the kids I had to get Alyssa to school and get her to therapies or you know whatever we were doing at the time and in order for us to make that work he had to work two three jobs so I mean I couldn't get a babysitter for her like nobody could and nobody even understood autism at this time or even knew what it was so it was like And I was so much younger than the other moms that I had that. That put me out more than even having the child with autism because, you know, I was so much younger than these moms. So it was like, they're like, she doesn't know what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then I had, and then I had this child who, you know, I think obviously at first we didn't know she had autism, but like, as it was developing, you know, she was just, she was wild. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't talk at the soccer field. You know what I mean? I had to like have an eyeball on her. Like, and if I didn't, there was sometimes grave consequences because, you know, she could go after somebody, she could run. Like I didn't really have anything left for me. The longer that went on, the less I desired the friendships. Like it was just something that didn't seem to fit in for me. And we had a lot of family around. So I think because of that, it wasn't like I didn't have anyone to talk to and the family kind of could relate to our life. And they understood Alyssa and they understood the challenges things are still hard sometimes but you know I mean we did have some friends that we stayed in contact with that would come up for like cookouts and you know stuff like that but not like the day-to-day you have events friends not Tuesday friends yeah like not like the people that you're gonna call and like have the heart-to-heart with but 
I had already kind of disbanded with my group of friends because they were just going a different path than what I was doing even prior to becoming pregnant. And there was just no time to make new friends. Like there was just, I would be friendly with people. Like everybody knows I'm a talker. <laughs> mm. I, you know, I was never somewhere that I couldn't find someone to talk to chat it up with, but it never really went further than that. You know, like I, I would go to the pond all the time. I would talk to some of the people there, but it never really went beyond those type of like superficial kind of acquaintances, not friendships that, that I would go you know, shopping with and do that stuff like that just, it just didn't really seem to fit into, you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you know, it's just, I just bring Alyssa to somebody's house. I mean, I did it once. She attacked their kid. <laughs> we didn't get invited again. That's it. So yeah. I was just, I was just recently talking to a friend of mine here and I didn't mean to say this like in a mean way, but I was just like, there's very few friends here in Phoenix who really know my children because we haven't, brought them places because well the pandemic didn't help in that situation right. yeah. but you know what I mean like if I were back home in Montana my kids would be at the barbecue people would accommodate our situations it's not that my friends here don't do that and I do have a set of friends that are moms that have older kids that are willing to learn about my kids it's just the nature of like putting the energy in not necessarily for them but also for me like my closest friend here from law school invited us to Thanksgiving a couple years in a row and it started at 6 p.m the last year we went it was kind of like and she's really good and her family's good but her house is set up for an adult and it's 6 p.m and my kids are like on the tail end of the day <laughs> you know and I'm like we're really like rival rushing through dinner like there's a Christmas tree up and you know she's so sweet and invites us over to her house for holidays and stuff like that which was amazing but for me it's like knowing walking into that situation that there's gonna be things that could immediately go into a disaster yeah like there's cups on the shelves there's you oh, know God, like just know. things that are like I don't like going like, to people's see, houses. And it's like, people say they don't care, but like, you can see in their face that they're like, what's happening? I care. <laughs> Trust me, like, yeah. kid or not, like, just in general. But yeah, I think I it's care. like what you said, Tabitha. Yeah. It is really funny, people that can accommodate our children. And I, in the beginning, I used to feel selfish requesting, saying, well, we can go, if you want to go for lunch, we can go, but it has to be this restaurant or that one, because that's the only place. The second day open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to yeah. go at 11 and yeah. it's, you know, and I'd love to go, but I, I always felt like I had all these stipulations on going out for lunch with us. I felt like it always had to be my way, but came to the point, well, that's the reality of it. So the, like I said, the mm -hmm. few people we do go out with, they're amazing. Kate, where are we going? Where does she, you know, we get my one friend, Terry Lynn, we go to a restaurant. She's like, uh, can you turn the music down? Like, I mean, the second we walk in, she's yeah. on them to get the music down. I mean, they just have it down to a fine science. Also, I think it depends on how these people teach their children to be with other kids. And so, you know, these people that I go out with, their children are so good with Kaya. They try to engage with Kaya and they don't care. They, it doesn't phase them how we are, what we have to do if we have to leave, which thankfully with these people, that's not happened, you know, like it's, she, mm -hmm. she knows these kids, but it is, it's about accommodating our kids and yeah. And I think sorry, like, go to a different like, restaurant with someone else. I mean, yeah. here's where we can go. <laughs> and what I, what I was getting at is it's not them not trying to put in the effort for me. Mm -hmm. It's that I can't extend what I would like to, to give them the opportunity to know my children, I guess. Right. 
you know, like what I was trying to say, like mm -hmm. I take responsibility for not allowing people to get close to us as things have been shifting and changing. Yeah. I feel like we're volatile Mm -hmm. or whatever. And like, it takes too much time to tell you all the things that need to change for me to come over. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, I mean, it's hard to say, sometimes it's embarrassing or weird. One time we were at a family thing and one of my husband's old friends came and Jesse got really upset and was kind of having a tantrum meltdown on the verge of a meltdown thing. He ran and he just randomly hit him. And it was so awkward. I like, and I have to explain to you why my kid hit you, but you're not going to understand because, you know, it's just a weird thing, like awkward conversations. I don't want to have to have to like explain my kid to you. And I don't know how you're going to accept my kid either. So you might believe me and be nice and cool and helpful about it. Or you might like judge me and totally reject me. And I'm putting my heart on the line when I do that. Cause it's my kid. And if yeah. you're, if you're going to like, give me a look, like you're ridiculous or you need to like Jeez. raise your kid better. I might punch you in the face as it's a general thing it just happens like my friend that was with us when kaya was born and got her diagnosis i vividly remember trying to go out for lunch with her and her three children and we went to three restaurants before we could get kaya in and we bounced from one loading three kids her three kids out of the car mike i always take my own car by the way because you gotta go you gotta go and by the way people talking about taking their kids to restaurants real quick tip for you sidebar Order and get the bill immediately. Because if you got to go, you got to go. That's my tip for restaurants. But anyway, That's a good tip. We, we yeah. went three also places. Also the 11 o'clock hour. Yeah, the yeah. 11 o'clock when they open and no one's there. Goes at two o'clock or no. Right, yeah. I think too, like for me, it was kind of two things. One of the things was I wasn't around my husband. So like when he was home, I wanted to be with him. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. wasn't going to seek out other people when he was home to take care of the kids because our time together was limited. The second thing is like, I kind of already mentioned, but I had my sister, mm-hmm. I had his sister, mm-hmm. his brother had a girlfriend who was this, they're married now, who's the same age. So I had his mom and my mom and like, so between like all those people, like we, I had people to go places with, I had, you know, people to come over the house with and they all knew her and they all, you know, because they were at my house, all these people extended amounts of time for holidays, mm-hmm. for birthday parties, for whatever we were doing, they knew how it was they kind of knew the deal with her it's just kind of with work so I think because I got that need filled between those areas that I didn't really see and you got to realize that this was such a different time back then as it is now as far as people like having any understanding or like concept of it would be like what is autism what does that mean and she was so unpredictable and she was so hard so it was you know and it really she heard like one of her cousins it was kind of okay because it's like family you know what I mean yeah so (laughs) Well, and I think it really depends on your week too. Like if you've had a long week of navigating something new or something returns that you already dealt with, or you had an evaluation or whatever the case may be, by the end of the week, the idea of like packing a bag, making sure everything's in there, getting to the place, getting out of the car, staying at the place, there might be all kinds of things that go awry with that. Just sometimes is not possible <laughs> I'm just like I can't I can't I really can't but it's <laughs> also that feeling effort yeah but it's also that feeling like what Jamie said it get or I think it was Jamie that said it trying to explain it yeah it's exhausting yeah and again it's not a pissing contest who is more tired right it's 
I hate to say it, it's different tired because your kid will eventually sleep. Chances are mine is not going to. So it's just not the same. I'm always like, mm-hmm. it's like having- like Their tired has access to a different kind of babysitters. Yeah, like it's, I'm, you know, so it, I, I personally shut down with my relationships other than a select few people. Yeah. Um, and I've also gravitated towards special needs parents. And I, I think that's just because it's easier. Yeah. It's just easier. No, I was just going to say, I think that's what's so nice about meeting you guys and this relationship, because you know what I'm saying when I say, oh, the OT therapist said we should do this, or you're like, oh, yeah. we went through that, or, you know, like, this is what worked for us, even though the therapist is telling you another thing, you know, or this, how long it took my daughter to do this, you know, you don't really, we don't have to go into that extra layer of like, okay, here's when they go to therapy, here's the therapist, this is what it looks like, you know, like breaking down the whole scenario of what speech therapy looks like, you already know what I mean when I say speech therapy, you know, so it's helpful meeting other special needs moms. I was thinking, I was like, I probably wouldn't know what OT, I would have known what OT. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? What's her job then? Because what's that? kind of right on that too it's like it's great to talk to people about this stuff and explain this thing so they get your perspective and you get their perspective blah 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 but we don't always have the time and energy for that nor do they as parents like yeah friendships often can come out of this like ease that like oh you just get me I get you and sometimes we have to work yeah. harder for friendships and I think in the special needs world I think we all do that now because it's like oh your kid has CP tell me like what this process is like but we have that baseline where we know I was just thinking about like starting school and how when Jesse yeah. inter- entered the public school system my getting into the public school system was completely different because it was all through early intervention they kind of just plopped them in there they kind of you still have to fill out all the same registration paper but they assign them to like a specific class where there's so many special needs kids and it's a different process and explaining that to other parents so like even now that we're going back into the public school system I'm like well I have to sign them up make sure, you know, a month in, we're gonna have to have an IEP meeting because his old IEP mm-hmm. expired and we have to do this. And I have to talk to his speech therapist and his occupational therapist. And he's probably gonna have a psychiatrist assigned to him through the schools. Like they literally send out a fill out a piece of paper, get a, another piece of paper or call a week before. This is the teacher you're signed to. This is the room you're gonna go in, drop off your kid. It's just completely different, different experiences that. And mm-hmm. it's so hard explaining all of that every time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would, well, I would well, I, to drop off my kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's always this, like, if you say something like, oh, my son can't use a fork to eat, then there's always like, but he can do this from the other person. And you're like, okay, it's, it's not really like offsetting that we are, don't have the skill mm-hmm. because he can do something else. It's still hard and it's still painful in certain senses depending on what we're talking about there's no like teeter-totter of this takes away the feelings of this other thing I'm trying to talk to you about you know which one doesn't negate the other yeah which (laughs) isn't no fault to anyone because you you don't understand something until you've actually been it through it yourself you know you're trying to be nice yes yes and defend your kid to whoever that third person is you're talking to but you're like, well, well, don't defend my kid. <laughs> like he doesn't need to be. Defended. It's such a fine line though. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like someone says something negative, then we're pissed too. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> oh. It is. So it's yeah. like, it's yeah. like, there's really no, if I'm talking to Jen about something and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry that's happening. 
I don't take offense to that because I know she gets it. But yeah. like if somebody on the outside says it, it irritates me. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> yeah. like, because yeah. it's like, no, don't pity my kid. I don't, I don't want your pity. Like, it's just, yeah. I feel like it's different when you know it's coming from a real true place of understanding. It's mm-hmm. so different. So it's like, there's an, I'm, I'm sorry, this is a same- Tuesday than it is like, a, oh, I'm so sorry. But it's like, I would much rather have like, oh, I didn't know, you know, like I have a friend that always does it. She's really great at that. She's like, oh, I didn't know that that could happen. She's informing me that this has educated her. And I'm like, oh, well, at least I feel like you've learned something today. Yeah, you're welcome. Or like they don't say anything. That's even more awkward. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, or like I, like I had a girl before tell me that I'm my daughter wasn't nonverbal because they're like, no, she says words. And I'm like, she's nonverbal. <laughs> like, I know she can say words, but she can't like use those words to communicate. And they're not, con- and this was like several years ago too, so before she was even saying as much as she is now, but, and it's like, no, <laughs> she is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. <laughs> but, uh, you are so, you are so right, Kim, because it is like, and I feel bad for the person on the other side, because how do you navigate my mountain of feelings that I'm having over here, defending on the day and try and be my friend at the same time? <laughs> you know? Like, how oh. do you do that? That's challenging. You know, I, I yeah, it, it really, cause I, like, I've seen people write different stuff and they're like, oh, this is how you should handle it. If, like, what do you do if someone's having a kid with a meltdown at the store? Like, there's no right answer because like, what could happen next? You mind your business or you pick up a lady's purse. That's what you do. But I'm just saying, <laughs> or you like, just, out out or or just move on. Yeah. But everyone it I- really just depends on so many different variables of like, right. there's no, and it really depends happening. on what is in your head at that time. You know what I mean? Like I could take somebody saying the wrong thing and it could be fine. And I could be like, oh, I know they were just trying to help. That's fine. But like the same thing could happen in another situation. And I would want to, I, you could see that thing. You almost want to lash out sometimes, you know, you yeah. can't lash out on your child <laughs> yeah, because you it's like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. your child <laughs> and they yeah. have special needs. So we can't do that. And then, so sometimes it's like that next person that just, they just look the wrong way or, you know, and I, like, I've had it where I, I just want, my husband's always like, just calm down, just calm down. I'm like, I'm not going to calm down. I don't know what they thought they were looking at. <laughs> but if you yeah. read those comments too, when, you know, when someone will post that, like, Hey, what do you recommend I do when your child's having meltdown? Everyone says something different. So it's yeah. hard yeah. because everyone has a different opinion of like what kind of help they need. And obviously all our kids are different. Yeah. And I, was yeah. Say yeah. About, I get why sometimes people don't say things like I understand like being, I always say like, we have like one foot in the special needs world because mm-hmm. obviously there's kids who are way more severe than Jesse or kids in the special needs world that have way harder lives and things they have to deal with. And sometimes I don't know what to say with those moms. Like uh, we were at a camp for Jesse and some of the moms were telling their stories and I'm like, I don't even know what to say to you. Like I can relate to like the diagnosis part and the beginning parts, but it's so hard. So I understand where people are coming from. And I always do try to say something and let them know that. Yeah. But Jamie, on the flip side, people will take a little bit of that and, and minimize your struggles. I don't mean yours. I'm talking about in general, like I've many times heard, well, at least Kaya talks. Yeah, I get that, but she didn't talk for a really long time. Not that, that I, I get that, but you know, people have said that to me and I'm like, they're like, well, she talks now. 
I'm like, do you know how hard it was to get here? And we still don't sit down and have a conversation. And she still cannot tell me if something happens to her. So yes, she has words, but don't minimize our struggle. We all have different struggles in different ways and different yeah. hearts, you know? And yes, absolutely. There are more severe, devastating. I'm absolutely not saying that, but I do find people minimize um, other people's hard. And I think, I think part of it's hard not to sometimes when you're in the really hard, you know, right. It, it, it is. It, and I just think that when you're on the real hard, you just, you see the negative faster and other things. Mm-hmm. And you might, when you're not in, in, you know, such a rut, because I've done the same thing. I'm like, they think they have a bad <laughs> Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it yeah. to the person, but like, yeah. you have your kid drag you across the floor by your hair, and then let's talk about who had a harder Sunday evening. Yeah. Like, it's you know, when you're right, when you're in that thick of it, everything's heightened. Well, yeah. like, and I think every level brings a different thing. Like, I was, I was talking to a friend of ours. She has a special needs child, but her daughter, you know, she was always in her care. She just took her everywhere. She's like, I always could keep her safe. There was never a reason to send her out on, in the world on her own, or she was with a caregiver and she was with this. And my struggle with Jesse is like, he'll probably get to the place where he's going to have some sort of little job. He's going to have to go out to the world on his own. And she's like, I couldn't even imagine sending my child out there. And so like at every level, there's different struggles and mm-hmm. different things. And some people just have it really, really hard. And of course, at the worst, some people lose children, which is the hardest, hardest. And so, mm-hmm. but we can't always compare to each other either way, because it just eats you inside. And then you feel like you can't speak your truth. If you're always saying like, well, I shouldn't say anything because someone else has it worse, mm-hmm. but someone has it the same hard you have it or close to yeah. it when you speak your truth, they are like, oh my gosh, someone gets me. Someone gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's just so many layers to it. I feel like, because there's, there's on one side when the word autism is so used, so generalized now, and it's just, it's not like when you are able to function in society and have a job and live on your own and, and be married and have children, like you cannot compare yourself to my daughter. Like, I don't care if it's politically correct to say- and drive that, a car and go to college and have a it's, family. It's different. It's yeah. the truth, you know? But on the other hand, when I feel like they people use the word high functioning, it's the same thing where you can be high functioning, but still have a lot of struggle. Then it's like, some of these kids know, like, at least I have the thing of like, she doesn't necessarily know, you know, she just knows- who she is and that's it like there's no there's no like oh I wish I could drive a car or I yeah. wish I could get a job and be you know I wish I could have a friend like she doesn't she doesn't know she's that missing and that the awareness yeah the and awareness I can't imagine it. having a kid that knew that like I just think that's gonna be absolutely heartbreaking and not to say that it's I'm sure if people get to choose they're gonna they're gonna choose for their child to be the most you know independent and functioning they could be but like I just think that that's gonna be so hard you know and I know what we have is hard but like it's just it's hard in a different way you know I think that would just and you know a lot of depression and they have these struggles but like understand that they have them I I, you know I think that's it's just so layered it's also layered you know yeah and each person doesn't necessarily mean that they're talking about everything that's happening under their roof either you know what I mean like sometimes people are more open less open 
you know, we don't know everything that's happening for everyone. It may look like something on the outside when that's not really what truly is. Well, the higher level your child is, the more you have to be more careful of protecting like their dignity and protecting their privacy, you know, because you don't want to hurt them or offend them or have people, you know, think differently of them and stuff like that. So there's also, there's also that aspect of it too. That's what I mean when it's like, there's so many layers to it. So that's friendships for us right now. (laughs) And the real thing is we want to have friends stick with us because we'll, we'll come back at some point. You're willing to learn with us. She will show you a world that you've never known existed. Like if you can hang tight with like a cranky mom or a short fused friend or somebody that doesn't return text messages and you just show up here with a coffee and a bubbles, an ounce of interest in a mermaid. Or I mean, I'm telling you what. For Jen, wine. Yeah. <laughs> Crown, on, Crown the would be preferable, but Crown you know, on the rocks. Yeah. beggars can't be choosers when you're in a desperate mode. <laughs> Yeah. And, well, and I think that like finding people who, um, you know, all of us were in different time zones where Jen's in a different yeah. country or in different, you know, different places. But it's like, I know that I can call any one of you guys and you're going to understand what's happening. You know, you're yeah. going to say the right thing. You know, you're going to understand on a different level. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. You know, if you told me that five years ago that my best friends would be online, I would be like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's really, you know, it, there's really something with finding, you know, people that really understand your life. Yes. And thank you guys so much for your friendship. Oh, thank you for being a friend. friend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm grateful for every one of you and so thankful that we found each other online. Yep. Yeah. So we will catch everybody next time. No reservations next, ladies. Can't wait. Yeah, cut loose. No reservations. So check us out there. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you for joining us for episode four of our relationship series. Join us next time for episode five, our no reservations episode, where we cut loose and have a fun chat. If you're enjoying our podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please remember to rate and review us. If you'd like to join in on the conversation or learn more about us, check out our Facebook or Instagram. You can also email us at tableforfivepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for sitting with us and we can't wait to chat with you again soon.